Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it does not return void. We thank you that it is true and available for every type of teaching. And we just pray that you would speak through my words over these next few minutes and that you would enable us to understand something new about you. And we just pray that you bless this time in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. People are already asking, why do I have gaff tape up on here? I will explain that later. Makes a good noise too. Awesome. When, When our kids were younger, when our kids were younger, we used to go on road trips together. Does anyone love going on a road trip? You know, one of our favorite road trips was driving from Sydney to Alice Springs, 27 hours with two young kids in the car. And one of the biggest questions that we got asked constantly was, are we there yet? Or in Phoebe's case, how longer? How longer? She was constantly asking, even if she'd just asked it two minutes before, how longer? Now, kids didn't understand the concept of time. You couldn't explain it to them. You could say, oh, it's only another 27 minutes. And they were like, oh, okay, that sounds reasonable. Or two and a half hours. You, you can't ex- say that to a young kid. They don't understand. They don't get the concept of time. So we had to break it down and put it into language that they could understand. All right? Which was play school and Sesame Street. Or you know, the Wiggles and High Five. So it was, you know, oh, how much longer? Two and a half hours would be. It's two Sesame Streets and a play school. All right? And they go... Oh, okay, well, I know how long that is because that's what I'm, I'm used to. I'm, I'm related to that. But, you know, it's, it's no good trying to tell them two and a half hours. We have to actually break it down. And that, but imagine trying to explain to a child what eternity is. I mean, that's, that's a lot of play schools. And it is a lot of plays, a lot of Sesame Streets too. But imagine trying to, to break it down and explain to a child what eternity is. I mean, really, how can we even start to begin to understand what eternity is. Leith, stand up real quick. Somebody zoom in on his shirt. You've got to spin around. (laughs) Eternity. How can we even begin to understand what eternity is? Leith is not on eternity. Now, there's two different concepts that I want to to talk to you about today, and that one is immensity, and the other one is eternity, eternity, immensity and eternity. And to demonstrate this point, I'm going to need a, a little bit of help. Sammy, can you just grab that rope right there? I'm going to hold on to one end. Just jump up here. Sammy, you're a good-looking bloke. You are. Now, don't, don't de- detangle it the wrong way. I'm going to hang on to this end. Now, to just demonstrate my point, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you... Someone has already left the building. I'm going to ask you to run okay. with this rope as far as you can. You're going to go out that door and you're going to run. All right? Not just slow, but run. I'm going to hang on to this end. Don't pull it too tight, but it should just unravel if you sort of hold it like that. All right, you go. All right, go, Sammy, go. Go, Sammy. Run, run, run. Don't get tangled up. It's going too slowly. Run. Oh. Oh. Get the tangle out. Keep going. Run. Run, Sammy. Keep going. Detangle it. You got it. All right, well done, Sammy. Fantastic. Now, I'm just going to hang... Onto this here. Actually, you know what? I might just put that down on the ground there. Well, we look at a couple of other things and we see what happens next. You know, immensity and eternity is, is space and time. I mean, how big is, the, the, is space? 
Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about how great things are? I'm a, I'm a time and space kind of guy. I love all those kind of science fiction movies where people can go through time and, and come back again and all of these different things. But we understand the concept of time because we see things begin and we see things end. We see a show start and we see it finish. We see um, someone's life begin and we also sadly see it end. You know, we understand the concept of earth and matter because I can see how big... Oh! This rope was really long. This rope is really, really long. But we understand the earth and matter because we can see how big things are. Sammy's got a knot in it. Can we make it stretch? It's coming. He's got it. Someone's going to give him a huge round of applause when he gets this. Don't worry about that. Just stretch the end of it up here and we'll, go, we'll keep going. We don't have time for detangling knots. Well done, Sammy. Well done. Fantastic. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to stand there and just tie those two together. Fantastic. All right. I'm going to put that behind me. All right. But we can look at an item here on earth and we can understand how big it is because we can see all of that particular item. Right? Everyone's focusing on Sammy, no one's focusing on me. Over here. I'm, over here. What kind of knot are you doing there, Sammy? Uh, I'm trying to just do a double knot. That's there. perfect. That's good. Well done. A big round of applause for Sammy. Fantastic. But I can look at an item here on earth and I can see how large it is. I can look at a car and I can go, I know how big that is. Or we can look at a city, we know how big that is. We can look at measurements and we can even look at Google Maps and see how big a country is. You can Google Earth and you can measure things out. You can do your distances. But we can grasp all of those things because we can see them. But what about the things that we can't see? We can't understand how big space is because nobody's been to the end of it yet. Is there an end? Or do you just keep going in one direction and then eventually come back just like Sammy did? Sammy's a really fast runner. He's a really fast runner. But we can measure one point one point uh, spot from to the next. But what about space? There's an image that's going to come up on the screen of space. And this is like us trying to grasp. Mankind has been trying to grasp how big space is. Where does it begin? Where does it end? You know, God invented eternity and he also invented immensity. Time and space don't fit into those two things the way that we understand them. We often think of eternity in terms of time, but it's like comparing apples and penguins. Those two things don't compute. When we try and break down and we try and fit eternity into our existence, the two things are incompatible. So let's just imagine for a moment that this rope... Now, Xander, can I get you to stand over there? And Sammy, can I get you to stand over there? Just hold this up about level so that I can play with it without using my hands. That's, that's perfect. So a little bit higher. No, that's not tug of war. All right, not that high. <laughs> We're having some fun here. All right, so let's just think, Sammy's a really fast runner and he ran around the whole world with this rope. Now that is 40,075 kilometers. You're fast. All right, so just say, let's just say that this rope, 40,075 kilometers long, represents eternity. Where do we think that our life fits on this, on this rope? Let's just have a look. Does anyone think that it might be this much? No. no. That's, that's too much? Too much. All right. Let's just take a little bit less then. Okay. How about this much? 
Yeah? Someone said, someone said yeah? Okay. That Phil. Joel. Yeah, I should have known. How about this much? Too much. All right. All right. I got, I'm just going to rip that off there. How about this much? Too much. How about this much? Still too much. How about... Oh. This much? Too much. How about... That, that much? Perfect. Okay. So Greg, Greg says that that's perfect, but you know what? It's actually not perfect because we cannot even put... I mean, I need to zoom back in here. We cannot even put a mark on this rope to actually identify how long the lifespan or even how long the earth has been in existence for does not even fit on eternity. It doesn't because eternity and time cannot be measured in the same sentence. They don't compute. They don't exist. Eternity is so much bigger and so much broader. Thank you, guys. You can drop that rope now. That's good. good Very good job. But Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says that he has made everything beautiful in his time. He has set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. He has, no one can do it. But it's important to know there's this whole concept of time and space is created by God who sits outside of it all and holds all of it in his hands. If you want to know how big God is, ask yourself how big the universe is. And then go, well, he holds it in his hands. And you go, well, how old is God? Well, then think about how old time is and then times it by infinity. You're like, hang on, that doesn't work. I know. Revelations 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. So let's look at some Hebrew words that, that explain this a little bit more. The most common expression from eternity from the Old Testament is the word olam. Everyone say olam, which com- frequently combined with ad, that uses olam and ad together like in Exodus chapter 15 and and Psalms 9.5, that basically means forever and ever. We can't even think about that. We can't even stretch our mind to actually understand what that is because it's not our experience. We are, ex- we are bound in human form to time and space, to what we see around us and the time that we have here on earth. That's our experience. We're bound to that. But God is so much greater than all of that. He is outside of this experience. It's not something that we can grasp in how many play schools or Sesame Streets. Definitely not something that we can understand. Eternity is infinite. Immensity is infinite. These things are never ending. There is no limit. And it's really hard for us to comprehend. You thought you were coming to church this morning, not a science lesson. This is, this is what we need to understand. But infinity, can you grasp what infinity is? No, because it's never-ending. And, you know, when I was in school, we used to do this, well, I'm better than you infinity times one. <laughs> or how many can you count to? One, two, skip it through, 99, 100, infinity plus one. I'm smarter. And going, infinity plus one is still infinity. The two things, actually, numbers and infinite, infinity don't mix. 
And we try to make these things fit into our existence. We try to understand the infinite. We try to understand the eternal. We try to understand the immensity of God. But we can't even comprehend how big, how old, how grand he is by limiting it down to our experience. It's not possible. They're incomparable concepts. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. Now, hang on. You go, Pastor Andrew, Peter, he's writing this book. He just put a time limit on, on that. He's like, yeah, God's big. And this is how he actually measures it. So it's a thousand years is like a day. So you're going, well, that's like 365,000 know, days equals like you know, a year for God. Like that's... That's what he's saying, right? No, it's not what he's saying. He's saying a thousand years is like a day to God. It's basically saying no one has ever lived for a thousand years. Not even Methuselah, the oldest person in the Bible, lived for a thousand years. Not even he lived for a thousand years. This is outside of your level of experience and understanding, and that's just like a blink in the eye to God. It's just like a snap. Doesn't exist. What he's trying to do is he's trying to break down, he's trying to break down the concept of God into play schools and Sesame Streets. For us, what Peter's saying is that eternity is immeasurable. In our humanity, our finite minds cannot comprehend what is infinite. Isaiah 40 verses 28 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. You know, God doesn't exist in relation to time. He's not bound by it. And we can only understand and comprehend God in relation to our existence, but he's above all of that. Psalm 90 verses 1 to 4. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, Or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or to watch in the night. You know, we are already positioned for eternity. We think, okay, well, when we get to eternity, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. But we still think about it in, in terms of our time and space. It's going, oh, it's going to be like this really long time we get to spend in God's presence. No, it's different. It's not like that. I can't explain it to you because I've never been there. It's going to be so much, it's going to be so much more than what we could ever, ever understand. You know, it doesn't matter what our history is, what our background is, what we've done, whether we've accepted Jesus or not, we are all positioned for eternity. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 to 10, and I'm just keeping an eye on the time here. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we were in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So this, that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. That what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. So this is mortal. This is temporal. The real life is what is to come. And it's not even on the same dimension plane. Time and 
eternity, you kind of think like, oh yeah, well, eternity might be level here and something, and then time will start and it'll finish, but then this will be eternal thing. And they're not even in the same concept. I've had a few of those moments this week. No, now the one who has fashioned us for this purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we who are always confident and know that as long as we are in home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the Lord and at home with the Lord, away from the body and at home with the Lord, so we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We're all positioned for eternity. Whether we've actually done the right thing and accepted Jesus into our heart or whether we have rejected Jesus, we have an eternity. There is an eternity that is due to us. When we are born, our soul lives forever. Our soul lives forever. We are all positioners. Outside of this time and place, space, we've got a place. Um, but the question that begs to us is that where are we positioned in eternity? Where are we positioned in eternity? So we know that eternity is something that we cannot possibly comprehend, but it is something that we are all going to experience at some time. Well, not even a time, some, some, something. I can't explain what it is because it's an eternity and I don't fully grasp the concept of eternity. But we are going to experience eternity in one form or another. And the Bible teaches clearly that there are two distinct extremes in eternity. An eternity in God's presence or an eternity outside of God's presence. Eternity with God or away from God. The Bible talks about the eternity away from God being a place called hell or Sheol or Gehenna or maybe even Hades. You've heard some of these terms. Turn around. Well, you've probably heard it if you've ever watched the movie Hercules. Um, as a kid, I watched... No, no one else. I'm just the only parent here who watched Disney's Hercules. No, one more. Thank you very much. Yes, I see that hand. I see another. Is it? Very good. But we hear these terms, hell, Sheol, Hades... You know, those who accept Christ, expect, ex, ex, they can expect to spend eternity with him in his presence. In his presence. But those who reject Jesus will spend eternity outside and separated from him. The Bible describes this as a lake of fire, weeping and gnashing of teeth, torment. All of these things, whether they're physiological, it sounds pretty bad, right? No, no one actually thinks that gnashing of teeth, lake of fire, kind of like torment, weeping. Oh, yeah, that sounds pretty much like Tuesday. <laughs> Monday? <laughs> no. no, that sounds pretty bad, right? Nobody wants to experience this. This is something that's, that's terrible. I don't want to experience a lake of fire. I don't want to experience being burned. I don't want to experience this guy with a pitchfork trying to stab me all the time. I don't want to be tormented. I don't want this weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't want all of that. But all of that, whether those things are physiological or spiritual or emotional pain and torment, the worst part of torment for eternity is knowing that you are separated from God's presence. That's the key thing. 
It's none of those, all those things, oh, that could hurt, or that's going to feel bad. Or, no, no, knowing that you are separated from God's presence is the torment. The thing that separates us from God in this temporary life is a thing called sin. Sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. Through one man's sin, all were made sinners. But through one man's righteousness. Oh, I feel like preaching now. But if you want to hear the whole sermon, you're going to have to come back to the next service. (laughs) Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not eternal life away from Christ Jesus our Lord. It's in Christ Jesus our Lord. The only way for us to be right with God, again, was a sacrifice. A sacrifice, a price to be paid that we cannot possibly pay ourselves. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only Son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting what? Life. Let's tie that back to the scriptures when we said that what is mortal finishes and then life begins. Everlasting life. True life is only found then in heaven when we are with Jesus Jesus went and prepared a place for all of those who have accepted him in his presence in heaven. John chapter 14, and I'm going to finish with this. And we won't bother getting the worship team to come back because they have done a brilliant job today. Jesus prepares a place for all of us who have accepted him. It's in his presence. John 14, 1 to 3 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. God's immense, eternal desire is to spend eternity with you that's mind-blowing that if you think about this you think about this whole concept that we are positioned for eternity the eternal god the always existing always was always will be outside of time and space who speaks stars into existence and then creates a universe that no one can measure. People have tried. That no one can measure. You know what he's interested in doing? He wants to spend eternity with you. He wants you to be in his presence. And he loves us so much that he gave his son, Jesus, to die on the cross, to pay the price for our sin that we couldn't pay for ourselves. That is mind-blowing. And that is where we have got opportunity to be positioned for eternity. For everybody who's in the room here right now, I just want to pray a simple prayer. Asking Jesus, the eternal God, to come into our hearts and to have complete control. Surrender is what we're going to call this. We're going to surrender our lives to him. So why don't you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes and pray this prayer together. Up there in Neil, let's pray along as well. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart and give me a brand new start. 
I'm sorry for all of my sin. But today, Jesus, I lay it at the foot of the cross where you lay for my sin. And you took it all. And I pray that you will accept me and that I can now spend eternity with you in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.